going on everybody hello again and welcome back to another episode of the watch report with me Jean-Luc Welch make some noise clap it up get excited wherever you are we are back with another why probably one of the most intriguing and interesting and entertaining shows that we're gonna have for you today we got to cover the world of boxing and we got to cover Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury did we just see the lineal heavyweight champion of the world get beat by a novice, by a amateur, by a UFC fighter who just had his first ever professional boxing debut and potentially shocked the world, upset the entire landscape of the combat sports community, let alone just the sports world as we know it. And did we just witness a potential robbery? Is that what we're looking at right now when it comes to Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou? Who won? What this means going forward for Ngannou and Fury, so much more. I'm still racking my brain trying to figure out what the, I, what the word I just witnessed on last weekend. But we got to talk about it here on the show. So again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please comment on the video. Leave your thoughts and opinions on everything that we talk about on this show. Subscribe to the channel, definitely. And share the show with everybody that you know so we can build up this empire. Together we're small, but we're growing in a very rapid pace. Nearly at 500 subscribers, then 1,000, so on and so forth. Next thing you know, we'll be having our own network station. Who knows what may transpire as things go forward on this channel. But I can't do it without you. So thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much for supporting. Please tell everybody that this show is live and ready to be heard on every platform. Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, we're there. And if we're not, we'll get there. But all that propaganda aside, we're talking about boxing. We're going to talk about one of the biggest impossible feats that we potentially just witnessed occurring in these combat sports world. So it is time to step into the ring. That's right. Ring the bell. Let's get it started. Round one of the show underway. Talking about breaking down the fight. What did we just witness? And did we just see the heavyweight champion of the world, the lineal heavyweight champion of the world? Many people out there, the best heavyweight in the world today. Not in my eyes, but in many people's eyes. Did we just see him go down to a UFC fighter? And did we just see somebody claim a real threshold on the adage of being the baddest man on the planet. Well, coming into this fight, again, you know Tyson Fury's record. Again, undefeated, uh, well, uh, well, 30 wins and a draw to Deontay Wilder. It was the 24 knockouts. Again, consensusly, well, not in my eyes, but for the majority of the boxing community, arguably the best heavyweight in the world today, the lineal champion, I believe the WBO or WBC champion belt holder at this moment in time, looking to fight Alexander Usyk this December, this was supposed to be a tune-up fight, a money-making fight, a fight just to get more money in his pockets in a spectacle event akin to Mayweather and McGregor. But all this changed severely. This wasn't just a stepping stone. This wasn't just a... Uh, a, a, a slight bump in the road, just a cash grab to make a spectacle and just say, oh, we look at what I can do. No, 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 no. This was a fight. This was a war. This was a legitimate, competitive, enticing, entertaining fight that took place between Ngannou and Tyson Fury. And 
when I, I had to watch this twice, if I'm being completely honest, I had to watch this fight twice to see exactly what transpired. I had to watch this fight multiple, I think maybe more than twice. We counting just how many times I re, re, rewinded rounds. Specifically, I might have watched this fight in total of three times or more. Because I wanted to make sure I had what I thought was right, right. Because I ain't coming to y'all with nothing, just some shabby, just hot takes. No, 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 no. We don't judge this thing as it needs to be judged. And when I scored this fight, and when I scored it again, what I found is that Francis Ngannou did enough against Tyson Fury to earn a draw in my eyes. When I scored this fight twice, this fight was a draw. This fight was a draw. This fight in the shocking, shocking, insane. It's insane, but it's a draw. This was a draw between, again, a novice, somebody who's never boxed professionally before against the heavyweight champion of the world. Excuse me, the lineal heavyweight champion of the world and one of the belt holders of the collective undisputed title. This was a draw. It shocked my mind. I wish I had gone out to see this fight because the reactions would have been utterly insane around me because what the world, this shouldn't be. This just shouldn't be. We'll get back. We'll get into what should and shouldn't be later. Breaking down the fight, like we discussed before, I said that this fight was a draw, and I, that's that's what that's what I believe. In scoring this fight, I got this fight as a draw. However, if we're being completely honest, round two I scored as a draw because it was just so hot, too close to call. But I also said if I was to lean to somebody definitively. It would have been Ngannou. So if I had given round two to Ngannou, on top of an illegal elbow that should have been deducted a point from Tyson Fury in the fight that wasn't caught, as well as, which what you may not have noticed, in round seven, there should have been a knockdown called in favor of, Ty of Francis Ngannou when Tyson Fury went to his knees in the clinch on the ropes when Ngannou had caught him, or rather when he came in for a shot. Because it wasn't that Tyson Fury came in for a shot and then leaned and just slipped and fell. Or just the momentum carried him down from the punch that he threw. He got countered with a right straight to the face as his punch whizzed by Ngannou's head. And then he tried to clinch and fell to his knees. That should have been a knockdown because the punch came when he came in and directly correlated to him going down. That should have been a knockdown. If I'm being completely honest, go back and watch it in slow motion. Round seven of this fight. Frank Tajiri comes in for a straight right or a hook. It goes past Ngannou's head at the same time. Ngannou's throwing a right straight right into Fury's face and it connects flush and then you see Tyson Fury come in to clinch but fall but it was all because of that shot to the face from Ngannou when Fury came on the inside when Fury tried to throw and clinch he got caught clean and when he tried to clinch up he slipped down that directly correlated and he, went, he got caught because he legitimately got shook up that should have been a knockdown. So if we're being completely honest, we should be looking at 
the new lineal heavyweight champion. Because the because the, 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 the I believe it was either the WBO or WBC, but I forget which one that Tyson Fury has. But that wasn't on the line. But the lineal belt is always on the line. The lineal championship, the lineal title in boxing is always on the line. Regardless of what or where you fight in boxing. If you lose, now that man beat the man. We should be. If, we're, if everything was fair, we should be looking at a new lineal heavyweight champion of the world in Francis Ngannou. But at minimum, it should be a draw. Minimum. It should have been a draw. 95-95 on both ends. And initially, I was saying that the 96 card, I was talking with some friends. I actually had a friend of mine that actually went to the fight. I'm jealous. Got to go to Saudi Arabia. And, 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 or excuse me, lived in Saudi Arabia. And got to go to the fight and see it in person. I said that the 96-93 card maybe, or maybe wasn't as big. But I didn't realize exactly what that meant. Now looking at it, oh no, yeah, that's completely wrong. Yeah, I apologize. Michelle, I've had him on the show before. Michelle, he's the brother that went there. Michelle, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yeah, that car is ridiculous. 96-93 is utterly stupid to score this fight. Utterly ridiculous to score this fight. It should be a draw. 95-94 in favor of Francis Ngannou. Breaking down how this fight went, uh, went completely adjacent to everything that we thought. And Gano looked comfortable. Well, first and foremost, and Gano looked so comfortable. How this, again, how this bad decision came to be and why this fight was so close was because Francis Ngannou shook up everybody and showed that even as an MMA fighter, he can fight. He can box. This isn't like when we're looking at the 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 the, the Tyrone Woodleys, Ben Askrens, who fought Jake Paul and just got cold clock because they, they can't box at all. This isn't like a, the many MMA and boxing crossovers that have just been one-sided affairs in favor of boxing when it comes to the world of boxing. Nearly all the time, it's always been that boxers are always they, 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 their sport. It's their sport. And MMA fighters in their sport just can't compete. That's what we were expecting in this fight with Francis Ngannou. Because Francis Ngannou was never known as a technical boxer. He was never known as somebody with, 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 with poise in the sense of the boxing sense. Always confident. Oh, we knew that. Power, as 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 as... People can call him a god amongst men of sorts when it comes to his punching ability. Nearly second to none in all of combat sports, boxing or MMA. Arguably the only comparable puncher today to Francis Ngannou is Deontay Wilder. With the greatest right hand that I've ever seen in any capacity, boxing or MMA. But Ngannou today is seen as the strongest puncher in the world. But we have not seen him be a boxer in the MMA, in the UFC. Wasn't technical. Was was a blitzer, a brawler, a swarmer. Somebody who's the threat of his power coupled with the, uh, coupled with the 
the the wild-esque style at which when he would want to throw, he would give everything he's got and can catch you in any different angle because he's willing to throw it in a different angle. That's the Ngannou that we were expecting to come in here, which is why the one major shot that could have landed was the only hope. But he knocked him down. Forget that. He knocked him down. He knocked Tyson Fury down. This man, Francis Ngannou, knocked the heavyweight champion of the world down on his butt with a counter left hook off of a hook of Fury Zone in a textbook boxing, in a textbook boxing fundamental skill of looking for an opening, waiting for an opening, reading patterns, and then capitalizing on the opening the next chance that you get. How we earned the knockdown, that's how we should have gotten the knockdown in round seven. It's arguably how we should have won this fight. This man showed legitimate boxing acumen, showed legitimate technique, confidence, poise, had stamina. This was a brother who, again, we when I broke down this fight, and I was completely wrong. To get it out the way right now, I was completely wrong in calling this fight. As were most people. Stamina was going to be the biggest issue I had for Francis Ngannou because of him as a heavyweight in the MMA. Yes, we understand he's, he's wrestling and grappling with people 270, 300 pounds whenever he fights in the UFC. Understandable. But still, that and boxing stamina are two different things. They just are. It's the nature of these sports. They're two different frames of fighting conditioning. So with Francis crossing over into the boxing realm, I was thinking by round five, he gasses out, and then we see Tyson Fury take over. I believe I said that in the breakdown of this fight, previewing this whole affair. And that's what, it, that's what we expected. Because that's what it's always been. And especially for a heavyweight, as muscle-bound as Francis Ngannou, what's the things that we always say about What's the one of the oldest adages about boxers? When you're built like a brick house, most likely you'll gas out incredibly quick. If you got a whole lot of muscle, it can potentially yield negative consequences in your gas tank. Very rarely have we seen people have great gas tanks and an incredible physique. It's been rare. And by incredible, I'm talking about the physique that Francis Ngannou has. Built like a bodybuilder. That's not disrespect. But normally that type of build, yes, you can be fit, but when you're that built, so much muscle can take up a lot of your gas tank when it comes to stamina in the long run. Especially if you're one of your game plans being incredibly explosive, which is what Francis Ngannou is and how he likes to fight. Normally in the in the MMA and UFC world. Now he comes in here, all of a sudden it's round eight, and he's getting flurries. He is taking it to the champ. He is landing combinations. He's got Tyson Fury on the ropes, potentially to earn another knockdown. He's looking in better shape than Tyson Fury in terms of stamina-wise. This is it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever, but it's what happened. He showed he can fight. Mike Tyson, whatever the word that you did to train him, 
You need to become a professional trainer. You need to be a, a professional trainer for every legitimate heavyweight you can get your hands on. Because you turn somebody with a 12-week camp, or however long you've been, you and, Mike, you and, and Ganu trained together, you turn an MMA fighter into legitimately a world championship contender and arguably should be lineal champ. You turn somebody from the MMA into arguably the lineal heavyweight champion of the world in less than six months. This makes him, you, brother, you, you might have the same gift that Customano had. You're going to be churning out champions left, right, and center. I hope you go into training and boxing legitimately. I know you opened the gym in Saudi Arabia, but when you get back to the States, yo, you might want to take this seriously. People going to be calling you off the hook now. If you're Mike Tyson, looking for you to train them to get to a world title. Oh, this is beautiful. Pickable style's about to be taught again. Or even just, just a rendition of how Tyson or Mike Tyson sees the world of boxing, instilled and taught into specific fighters. If that does happen, my goodness, we could be looking at a, at a renaissance of the golden age of boxing. We really could. This could be great. This really could be great. And he didn't even train Ngannou in his style of boxing. He trained Ngannou with the skills and tools that he has at his disposal. That Ngannou already had equipped. Athleticism, size, length, and power. As well as the in, enough instincts to be able to pick up and capitalize on mistakes when they're there. Molded into a style that fits Ngannou perfectly. It, 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 phenomenal. it was great. It was great. Sublime job by Mike Tyson. And again, this is coming off of two knee surgeries and a nearly year-long layoff from the world of combat sports in general. This should not be in any way, shape, or form happening. This shouldn't be. This shouldn't, and, and by all accounts, this should not be happening. But what we saw in fight now was something to behold. Showed great acumen, showed great control in the ring, was able to adapt to the skills and sides of Francis Ngannou, held his ground, didn't let Tyson Fury, or excuse me, Ngannou held his ground against Tyson Fury, Ngannou didn't let Tyson Fury lean on him and get him tired, pushed back and kept the center of the ring to himself, invited the onslaught of Tyson Fury, who boy, said before the fight he was going to come in and be aggressive, and he stuck to that game plan, and it backfired by knocking him down with, again, a clean, picture-perfect counterhook off of Tyson Fury doing the same combination two times in a row, forcing Tyson Fury to go and become a, a legitimately box instead of trying to just get him out of there like he did with Deontay Wilder forced Tyson Fury to box and then made it so that Tyson Fury couldn't outbox him though Tyson Fury should be the better boxer by all accounts didn't let Tyson Fury outbox Ngannou even with Ngannou's limited skill set 
insane. Switched stances multiple times in the fight. Would go orthodox and then switch to southpaw to get better angles and better, better advantages in terms of his ability to land punches. Went to the body when it was available. Consistently didn't just headhunt. Was able to constantly land shots, get his own hit off the center line, fight in the clinch, utilizing one of his best weapons, grappling in the boxing ring, landing uppercuts inside of the clinch, punching when exiting to make his opponent pay. Sublime. Doubled up on his straight right when Tyson Fury got to the ropes, but didn't get too aggressive, didn't get too eager, didn't get too greedy with trying to make more out of what he was able to succeed with. Stuck to his game plan, stayed calm, stayed cool, stayed collected, controlled the ring, controlled where Tyson Fury went instead of the other way around. Nullified his jab, pawed with Tyson Fury, utilized his own length to make it so that Tyson Fury's length becomes a non-existent factor. This fight should not be close, but it turned into a legitimate, a, le a legitimate boxing affair. A legitimate boxing affair. It, 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 makes, it makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Had Tyson Fury cut, had Tyson Fury bruised, was muscling him around. He looked like the champion in the ring. He looked like the belt holder in that ring. He looked like the man that was, again, defending his title. Or he looked like the man that was looking to face off against Usyk for the Undisputed Championship. After this fight, that's what he looked like. A predator in every sense of the world. Insane. It's just insane. His defense was just enough to be able to make Tyson Fury's offense not, not nearly as effective as we've seen him against people like Derek Chisora, people like Dillian White, and other boxers that we've seen Tyson Fury fight over his career. Was blocking and parrying consistently all night long. Was, was able to use different head slots. Was able to force Tyson Fury into the corner and make him uncomfortable. Made Tyson Fury fearful of his power and used that to his advantage without only relying on the power to get the job done. It, this was an absolute... You, you couldn't ask for a better game plan to be executed than what we saw against Francis Ngannou. What we saw Francis Ngannou do against Tyson Fury. You couldn't ask for it. You couldn't, you couldn't ask for it. You could not ask for it. This brother was, was doing slip counters, pull counters in the fight. He threw a Superman punch for fun. For fun. Oh, God. Do you want... This is... Not to mention, his chin was able to eat every shot that Tyson Fury threw his way, which made it so that Tyson Fury wasn't able, wasn't wanting to come forward. Because not only could he not hurt him when he landed clean, flush, multiple times in the fight, but he also understood that because he can't hurt him, 
And because he already got knocked down in round three, he is willing. If I plant my feet, he is willing to eat a shot to give a shot. And right now, I can't take his power. I can't do it. I have to fight. I have to fight around the ring. I have to be fleet of foot. And I can't even do that because he's able to consistently be there. He's capitalizing on every mistake that I'm making, not the other way around. It, this, again, it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. It makes no sense at all that this is what we're seeing from both Tyson Fury and from Francis Ngannou. It boggles my mind that this is even a situation that we are, that we're dealing with. We could legit, this, we could legitimately call this fight as, or after this fight, we could legitimately be saying that Ngannou was a top three heavyweight in the world. We should be saying that Ngannou was a top three heavyweight in the world of boxing. We should be. We should be. We, we, we should be. After this type of performance, in his first fight in boxing, we should be saying that Ngannou is at minimum a top three heavyweight in the world. If not because he beat him, potentially the best heavyweight in the world. It sounds sacrilegious to say. It sounds ridiculous to say. But we have to look at what we just saw. This wasn't a situation where Tyson Fury wasn't taking this lightly. He said it himself. He trained, what, 12 weeks, I forget however long, to uber pre prepare for Francis Ngannou. He gave Ngannou special treatment, honed in on Ngannou because he understood how dangerous he was. People can say, oh, he looked flabby. No, he didn't. He looked just like we normally see Tyson Fury. This ain't anything new. Don't be trying to blame his body now. We've been saying he's been looking the same way his entire career. If anything, he got bigger when he got when he was fighting bigger punchers. This was his game plan. This is what he wanted. This is this was directly. This was directly defined as one of his main points of emphasis to put on size against Francis Ngannou and against Deontay Wilder. So we've seen this exact game plan before. And he's always had the same body for his entire reign and upcoming in the boxing realm. So no, he wasn't out of shape. He wasn't not focused because based on his words, he was as focused on this fight as any other fight. His words constantly throughout camp. His father's words constantly throughout camp. He was ready. He was ready. And he took this fight seriously. He said he was going to come out and step on the gas pedal and try to get him out of there early. Stand and bang. Be a brawler. He did just that. And what happened when he went and couldn't do it? He had to start boxing. And he couldn't outbox him. But you could see he was trying. This wasn't like a situation where it was just, oh, yeah, I'm going to play with him. Again, this wasn't Mayweather and McGregor. It wasn't that at all. This wasn't Ali Antonio Inoki, the late great Ali and the late great Antonio Inoki. 
This wasn't like that at all. This was a legitimate situation when, when Tyson Fury could not fight in the way that he wanted to, he had to legitimately switch into real fight mode. Because now game, game plan A ain't working. I got to really try. I tried to get you out of there. Now I got to legitimately box. Especially after I got knocked down in the third round. When I shouldn't have been touched by Francis Ngannou. By all sane metrics. I shouldn't, it shouldn't have been an issue for me to evade whatever Ngannou throws my way. But no, he, he, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He could not do it. Tyson Fury was as serious as can be, and he couldn't do a thing with, with Francis Ngannou. Couldn't do a thing. Couldn't out-jab him. Could not use his reach to his advantage. Could not land legitimate significant shots throughout the entirety of the fight. Was not able to keep his distance, nor was he able to smother, got beat in the clinch. He, it was, th this should not be a conversation that I'm having, but we're having it. We have to legitimately say that Francis Ngannou right now can compete with any top heavyweight in the world after this performance against a serious Tyson Fury. We have to say that Francis Ngannou might potentially be the best heavyweight in the world, if not at minimum top two with him and Usyk. We have to now. People are talking about him and Wilder. That's a legitimate possibility that's being discussed and legitimately negotiated right now. Go look at reports on the internet. Legitimately, sources are saying that he is that they are in talks with legitimately fighting each other. This is real. This is no longer a pipe dream. And of course, we know Francis Ngannou's got to deal with the PFL, signed with them to fight to fight in MMA in their league. Understandable, absolutely. We get that. We also know that the PFL is right now in line to have, or excuse me, not in line. The PFL does have. The hottest commodity in combat sports today. A man that legitimately, we might just have to call the baddest man on the planet. They have him at on their roster. Ripped away from Dana White who refused to play his athletes. What they deserve. Now, the PFL has the hottest, most dangerous man in the world. On their, under their banner. You can't tell me that they won't negotiate to try to make this happen. To get Tyson, to get Francis Ngannou, especially after the success, the success that he did against Tyson Fury. To potentially let him go and fight. I could absolutely see that happen. While still allowing him to hold up his obligations in, in MMA. But you best believe with this type of success, oh, they're willing to let the dogs loose when let Ngannou box again. Who knows? They may start their own boxing promotion as the PFL. Well, they may just do that and become a promoter of Francis Ngannou, the boxer, as well as the fighter, as well as the MMA man. We could very well see that. 
could very well see that. But only time will tell. But regardless of which, regardless of which, we just saw at minimum a draw between an MMA fighter with his first debut in in boxing beat potentially, no, not potentially, excuse me, draw at minimum, draw against the current lineal in WBO or WBC heavyweight champion of the world and arguably beat Tyson Fury as well. Minimum draw. But there's a real argument. If stuff was called and stuff was caught like it's supposed to be by the referee, we should be saying, in all honesty, we have a new lineal heavyweight champion in Francis Ngannou, the predator, the baddest man on the planet. That's what we should be saying. That's what we should be saying. This man should be both the UFC and boxing lineal heavyweight champion. That's what we should be saying about Francis Ngannou right now. Because he, at minimum, based on what was just called down the middle, it should have been a draw. Based on how I scored it, it should have been a draw. Absolutely should have been a draw. And if the knockdown in round seven and the elbow that was caught or that wasn't caught by the referees, both were counted, Francis Ngannou would have won, should have won. Deserved to win. He deserved to win. He deserved to win. He deserved to win. As insane as it is, as insane as it, as it is to say, if everything was done and caught appropriately, Francis Ngannou should have won. But at minimum, with how the fight was at, as is, it should have been a draw. It should have been a draw. And what does this say? What does this say about Tyson Fury? What does this say about Tyson Fury? What does this say about the current lineal heavyweight champion of the world? Well, it says what I've been thinking about Tyson Fury for the longest time. And what I've said on this channel multiple times throughout covering the world of boxing and just sports in general. Tyson Fury is a good heavyweight with all-time great size. That's what he is. All-time great size with good heavyweight skills. He can dance around the ring, absolutely. Good. He's a good combination puncher. He's got a good jab. Great chin. I'll give him that elite chin and recovery. Again, say what we want. Say whatever, whatever I'm about to say about Fred, about Tyson Fury. Chin is, is unmistakable. Legitimately does have the heart of a champion. Has gotten up from two of the hardest punchers in the world today currently. And went 12 rounds with him. 10 rounds with him. Nothing, nothing on that. We'll never question that. But, in spite of that, boxing's good, footwork's good, combination punching's good, his, his, his speed is good, but he's got elite size at 6'9", and it's more like 
potentially is more it might be closer than that. Six six. Might be closer to six six and six nine. Because Francis Ngannou was six four. And they were mighty close to each other. Mighty close. It wasn't the big tight discrepancy that I was expecting from the two. Oh no. Oh no. Tyson Fury, that six nine adage might not be true. Actually, no, it is not true. It's not true. He ain't six nine. But still, for the heavyweight division, it's great size. It's great size. And to be able to move at the weight that he moves is good. But it's 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 unorthodox. It's an anomaly. But boxing skills is good. Elite size is great. Combined, you get Tyson Fury. But you put somebody that can either A, has superior boxing skills, which I don't believe Tyson Fury has faced up until the, up in his career. I don't believe he's faced somebody that is a better boxer when they fought him. Klitschko, when he fought Klitschko, was at the tail end of his career at that point in time. Was on the downslopes. And the fight was sloppy. It wasn't a great fight to watch. If we're being perfectly honest. And he didn't give him the rematch either. When Klitschko lost. Didn't give Klitschko the rematch. To rectify the wrongs. In a very close fight. So it wasn't just completely outboxing. It wasn't just one side of the fairs when it came to elite competition. Then Wilder, again, outboxed Wilder, absolutely. First fight, outboxed him fully. And then got knocked down twice, called it a draw. Should have been him. Should have been, it should have been Tyson Fury being 3-0 against Deontay Wilder, if we're being completely honest. But it got called a draw. But he outboxed him clearly. Yes, he did. He was clearly the better boxer. We never said Deontay Wilder is a legitimately great technical affair of a person. He's mastered the one-two and mastered landing the right hand, but that's it. But against legitimately talented boxers, what happens? He gets put in trouble. Cunningham, way, way back, when, he, when he, one of the biggest instances in Fury's career when he got knocked down by an overhand right. Shook out the world. Was getting outboxed and had to turn it into a mauling fest. Turning into a brawl. Turning into a fight against Cunningham. And then, boom, then he knocked him out. But he was getting outboxed. And they had to utilize his size. So when one fails, another, another thing can thrive. If his boxing fails, he can utilize his size. If his size fails, then most likely than not, the boxing is what can win him today because his other competitor isn't nearly as great of a boxer as he is. Because Tyson Fury is a good boxer. Don't get me wrong. But now you go up against somebody who legitimately can box, which again is unexpected from, from Francis Ngannou. Now you go up against somebody who can legitimately box and has the size to negate your weight and, 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 and won't gas out, won't be waned by the physical toll that you're going to put on them when your boxing can't work? Now what can you do? And the answer is, not a whole lot. You can't do a whole lot. Which is why I've been saying that Usyk is clearly the better boxer than Tyson Fury.
The problem for Usyk was going to be, and is going to be, if he can compete with the size on top of the good boxing ability. Not elite boxing ability, good boxing ability coupled with elite size. That is going to be the biggest struggle. Because again, a small, a, like, in the NBA, like in the NBA, a small, a smaller guard or forward with incredible skills will not beat a good center with elite size. He doesn't want to do it. Michael Jordan is a better player than Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal will beat Michael Jordan every single time. A prime on prime, Shaq versus MJ. Shaq's beating him one-on-one every time. Because while you get a situation where MJ is MJ, Shaq is Shaq. At the same time, Shaq has got something that MJ can never get. Natural-born farmhouse strength and skyscraper-like size. 7-1 at his best per his words. Or excuse me, at his biggest per his words. 7-1, 410 pounds, 415. At his peak, 7-1, 385. Makes no sense. No, Michael Jordan's not beating that one-on-one. Though we know Michael Jordan's the better fighter or better player. Same thing with Tyson Fury. That's how he's beaten all these other people. Size on top of good boxing ability. But then you get somebody that is his size. What is he, what, what is he, what is it lull into? Okay, boom, I'll just outbox you. Or get somebody that's undersized. Okay, I'll just outmull you. Now you get somebody that can do both? No. Nah. It's a wrap. It's it's a wrap. It's absolutely a wrap. Now seeing, especially against somebody like Francis Ngannou, who shouldn't have the boxing ability to take it to Francis Ngannou, to take it to Tyson Fury like we saw. Ngannou should not have been able to do this to Tyson Fury. He shouldn't have. With how good Tyson Fury's boxing skills have been touted as. Including by me. Though I didn't think they were better than Usyk's. I'm still thinking they're still good. Now, this is this is bad. This is bad. There's no excuses. There's, there's no one to blame. There's no outside interference that led that led to this abysmal performance. This was Tyson Fury trying his best and failing to outbox and outmuscle Francis Ngannou. In fact, he got tired by trying to outmuscle Francis Ngannou. Trying to bully somebody, he got bullied and got worn out. He ran into a brick wall and using up all his energy, which is why he looked so sluggish by round six. Why he looked so tired. Why he looked so phased. Why he looked so, such like he was in such a deep hole. Because he was legitimately getting the reverse of what he normally does of all of his opponents. If anybody played Beyblade or watched Beyblade back in the day, it's like the main antagonist of that whole show. I forget his name, but he had a reverse Beyblade that would spin the opposite direction. 
sapping the energy and speed of whatever other Beyblade hit him, gaining and adding to his own power while taking away from theirs. That's what Tyson Fury would normally do. Now, it got pushed back against him. He went against that very Beyblade. He went against that very force. And now, he was the one that got winded. He was the one that got tired. He was the one that was looking fatigued. He was the one that was in trouble. He was the one that was getting beat up. He was the one that was getting bullied. And his boxing could not save him. Against somebody that, in theory, shouldn't be able to box at all. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And he got knocked out. So the power now from Nganu is legitimately on par with Wilder. And to a degree, we have to say, Tyson Fury was coming forward against Wilder even despite Wilder's power. Even despite after beating Wilder twice. Or after getting knocked down by Wilder twice in the third fight. In the first fight. Still kept coming forward. Didn't do that against Francis Ngannou. Not do that against Francis Ngannou. Legitimately, there was a semblance of fear. A semblance of, I don't know what to do with this cat. I don't know what to do with this joker. I don't know what to do with his brother. Because everything I'm throwing at him, my plan A, my plan B, my plan C, all are not working. I can't escape. I can't use my footwork to outrun him. I can't use my jab to nullify his ability to fight. I can't get him on feints like I've been doing against normal opponents. Though he was utilizing his feints to the best of his ability, starting with Tyson Fury, it wasn't leading to anything substantial. It, there was nothing he could do. There was nothing Tyson Fury could do which is insane against a UFC fighter who's never fought before, who's never been a technical puncher in any way, shape, or form for his entire career. The most picture-perfect punch that he's thrown is the uppercut on Alistair Overeem, which was sublime. One of the greatest uppercuts I've seen in boxing, in boxing or combat sports history. But that still doesn't mean that, on the whole, he was a great technical fighter. He wasn't. And he was able to take it to, nullify, and potentially and arguably overcome, at minimum fight to a standstill, Tyson Fury. It makes no, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And Gano just fought incredibly. Countered all night long. Again, was poised, primed. Confident. Fury looked scared. Fury was getting countered by Nganu consistently. When Fury found out his power wasn't going to work, he got hesitant, wasn't, didn't want to throw punches. That's why the output of the fight was low. Couldn't His jab wasn't winning him today. Inside fighting was abysmal against Nganu. Outside fighting was nullified by Nganu. When Nganu pressured him, it was a real point of concern. I'm not saying Ngannou was perfect, but I'm saying you, we have not seen this type of fight taken to Tyson Fury in a long time. We've seen him get into slugfest, absolutely. 
like again, Deontay Wilder. We've seen it. But we still, it's never been this much trouble where, look, you, you're, not only are you not beating him mauling, but you're not, you're not beating him boxing either. This isn't like with Deontay Wilder where the whole reason why Fury went away from boxing and just went to straight brawling was because that was the weakest point in Deontay Wilder's game, fighting on the back foot. So to keep him there, you have to be aggressive. And every with, with outside of the rounds that Fury got knocked down in, it was, for the most part, Fury was winning those rounds. Though they were incredibly exciting. Though there was danger at every hand. It was still a confidence. And okay, yeah, this is a great fight. Wilder's giving him everything he's got. But Fury is winning this fight. Fury is winning these rounds. And more and more, Fury was becoming more and more dominant. You saw the gap widen. Though Wilder was as a lion and as a heart of a champion, was throwing everything he could at him. We understood that. But it, was, it wasn't like this. this was, that was comp- I felt completely different watching that fight than watching this fight. This, that fight with Wilder and this fight with Nganu, they're not the same. They're not the same. As long as Fury stayed up and didn't get knocked down, he was, he was, he was winning that fight with Wilder, the third trilogy fight with Wilder. He was. Though it was incredibly entertaining. And one of the greatest heavyweight fights that we've seen in history. As long as he stayed up, he was winning those rounds. He was winning the fight. It was a threat of if I get caught, I'm going down. But as long as I stay up, I'm good. And he did it. But with Ngannou, you got knocked down. But then as long as you stayed up, it still felt like you're losing this fight. It didn't feel like you had control. It didn't look like you were outboxing. Because you weren't outboxing in Ghana. Even when you were trying to use your base to box. Nothing was working. Everything was nullified. It was ridiculous. And Ghana actively, at minimum, fought you to a draw. If not outright beat you. If. One. The elbow encounter. And two. The knockdown in round seven. From a straight right when you came in the clinch on the ropes. When you landed on your knees. If that counted as well. Either one of those count. Elbows point deduction. Knockdown in seventh round would have been 10-8. Either way. You would have lost. By the skin of your teeth, you beat him. This should not be happening. And because of that, I never want to hear that Tyson Fury is the, is the best heavyweight today, nor of all time. That noise stops now. It should have stopped when it started, if we're being perfectly honest. The argument for best heavyweight, okay, that could have been had in terms of today. That could have been had after Usyk and Fury. But now, no, it can't. It can't. It just can't. Let alone all time. Never again do I want to hear anybody compare him to Ali. 
Never again do I want to hear anybody compare Tyson Fury in any way, shape, or form to any of the all-time greats. Not George Foreman, not Joe Frazier, not Ali, not Liston, not Jack Dempsey, not Sonny Liston. Or excuse me, not Jack Johnson, not Joe Lewis. I don't want to hear it. Not Lennox Lewis, not Evander Holyfield. If I didn't say Tyson already, not Mike Tyson. I don't want to hear it in the slightest. I don't want to hear it in the slightest. Not in the least. Do I want to hear that type of noise? Not Archie Moore. I don't want to hear nothing. Nothing. I don't want to hear one iota about Tyson Fury being in that category ever again. Ever again. After this performance. Ever again. No. Your boxing ability now comes into real question. And now we can I can legitimately say it could have been because of your size alone that you are what you are. If it wasn't for the size that you have, we might not be looking at Tyson Fury the way that we're looking that we that Tyson Fury's legacy has been pictured and painted in the eyes of the public. If it wasn't again. You can't beat, you can't argue with size. I get it. It is what it is. Shaq is Shaq. Understandable. Wilt Chamberlain is Wilt Chamberlain. Understandable. It's what they were given. And many people at that same size were not able to be nearly as successful against competition that they should have, again, physically wise, dominated. Seen that so many times in sports. If I don't use that as a barometer to negate your ability, because, oh, you're big, you should be able to win. Oh, Nikola Jokic is so big, if he was smaller, he wouldn't be as great. No, don't hold that against him. He is what he is. He's turning into one of the best centers that we've seen in NBA history. It, we've seen other centers his size not be able to do nearly what he's been able to do. And they should be able to dominate as well. Because they're more physically gifted. But no, they can't. So that separates them. That's what we've been saying about Tyson Fury. To a degree, it is still true. Many people that are big, that came in the heavyweight division, that haven't accomplished and done what Tyson Fury's done. Full stop. Understand. But, when many of those, or when those elite, same greats that were his size, played against other people that were also elite and great at their size, they still were able to produce and fight great, sublime. And Tyson Fury right now is not one of them. When matched up against somebody your own size and your own strength, you can't do what you want to do. And you can't adapt. Can't adapt. Can't outbox them. You can't out-muscle him. He wasn't able to do anything else. So now we can say your size has been your saving grace in boxing. Because if it wasn't for you being that big, coupled with the great size that you have, we could be looking at your career a completely different way. We really could. 
Because now we see that your boxing, actual boxing accuracy may not be what we've been touting it to be for the longest time, which is what would have separated you and put you potentially, and I mean potentially very loose, in that elite tier. Now, no. Tested against somebody your similar, your size. Couldn't do not nearly what you wanted to do. Couldn't beat him. This is a brother who ain't fought in your sport. Period. Let alone you fight somebody of Ngannou's size and skill with some legitimate pop and actual talent that's been training the sport for a while. Oh no. Oh, you can beat. That's what we had. That's what we had to say. If this person could do this, what does that say about anybody else that you face that is relatively close to your size now? Now we know you're beatable. Now we know you're, we've always known that you are beatable. Despite how hard it is to beat you. Other people have been in denial. I've never been in denial. I've always, I've, I've always known that he can be beat. He can be outboxed by either a, by a, a superior boxer. I've always known that. And I think, and I think Usyk's the guy to do it. Definitively. But now, we saw Ngannou was essentially one elbow away from getting a victory in his favor. One knockdown called away from getting a victory in his favor. In terms of a knockdown should have been called in the seventh on top of a knockdown in the third. Now going forward, we had to say two things about Tyson Fury. One, his ability, or three things. One, his ability is nowhere close to what we thought it was. Two, the era that he's fighting in, we can now definitively say has been incredibly weak. We've always known that. But now it's, it's concrete now. It's been defined. It's, it's, it is weak. The heavyweight era is this era is definitively weak. Absolutely weak. Absolutely is weak. And three, we now, I can now fully say with all confidence that Usyk will beat this man come December. Come December. I know it's going to happen. I've been saying this for how long on this channel? So long. I've been known. And now, this is all the proof I needed. This is all, this is all the outward proof I needed to say Tyson Fury cannot beat Alexander Usyk. He can't do it. He cannot do it. Tyson Fury cannot beat Alexander Usyk. He can't do it. After this performance, there's no way. There's no way. You can't look me in the face and say that Fury's gonna that Fury can beat Usyk. You can't. You can't. If this is the type of performance that he put up against somebody that ain't boxed before, who, mind you, showed better boxing ability than Dillian White, than Derek Chisor, than excuse me, Derek Chisor, in all three of their rematches, showed a better showed better fight and better legitimate talent. Than most of the heavyweight division. You doggone right, we should be calling Francis Ngannou a top five heavyweight in the world. Arguably top two after this performance. He just ran rough shot in one fight over the rest of the division. 
He just did that. You can't tell me now that Ngannou couldn't beat anybody else in the division. You can't. After what he did against Fury, you can't tell he beats anybody else. He can't beat anybody else in the division. You can't do it. Most entertaining one would be Wilder. That's why the biggest thing, can he take a punch from Deontay Wilder? Outside of that, yeah, he could beat him. AJ, he could beat him, especially without Timmy. AJ is, he could beat him. AJ still ain't fully back yet. And now he's going up against a killer in Francis Ngannou, who, again, is able to knock down Tyson Fury and make Tyson Fury never want to fight on the inside again. Oh, yeah. Ngannou can beat him. We have to start saying that. We have to start saying, is it possible? It can be everybody else in the division. Except for Usyk. Yeah, Usyk's the only man I can say definitively, yeah. Ngannou won't be able to beat Alexander Usyk. Uh, the only guy right now that I can say that that is the definitive answer. To what? Everybody else? For me? No. Everybody else? Absolutely could be. And Usyk would destroy Tyson Fury. Will destroy Tyson Fury when they get into the ring with each other. He will. He will. Better boxer, better speed, better technical ability. All of that at a league's higher level than what we saw from Francis Ngannou. And Francis Ngannou about took him to school. Francis, no, not took him to school, excuse me. Francis Ngannou about took his lineal lineage. Ripped it from his hands, just about. There's no way you could sit here and tell me that Francis, that Tyson Fury cannot lose to Usyk now. You can't do it now. You can't look me. Nobody can look me. No, until that fight happens, nobody can. And until the fight happens and something does happen that proves me wrong, nobody can look me in the face and tell me that Usyk cannot beat Fury. Nobody can. Nobody can. Nobody can. We have to say it. Fury got proved for what he is. He was as great as he is. This shouldn't have been competitive. This should not have been competitive. If he was as great as he truly is, this should not have been competitive. It shouldn't have been. I don't want to hear unorthodox style. I don't want to hear, oh, I don't want to hear none of that. We've been saying that about every single MMA fighter that steps through the ropes. Oh, they're unorthodox. They could be hard to beat. They could be hard to figure out. They could throw punches from odd angles. No. Doesn't work like that. Not in boxing. If you're elite as a boxer, no, it doesn't work like that. You beat those MMA fighters because their technical ability is not up to your high caliber of standard. It's just not. And so it can't, that unorthodox style can't save them at the elite level. Seen it countless times before. It doesn't pair. Well, at an elite caliber. Now with Francis Ngannou doing this, what did this say about Tyson Fury? And one of the most definitive things that he says about it is that he will not be able to beat Alexander Usyk. He won't be able to beat Usyk. At all. At all. I'm more confident than ever that Usyk takes the undisputed title. More confident than ever before. 
And now that they signed a contract, like both, like they said at the post-fight press conference, we're at the post-fight interviews in the ring. Now that they've done that, Usyk reiterating, we have contract on 23rd. Calling out Frank Warren for, for the mess that he, that he was trying to pull. Saying we're looking over our options or whatever. No, no, no. Uh-uh. We signed a contract. 23rd, I'm ready. It's happening. You ain't pulling out like you did the other times. You ain't negotiating and then messing up like you did the other time. No, we got a deal. We got a deal with the very man, the the payer of this entire event, standing right in the center of the ring. Usyk pointed to him, we have contract. You know, you ain't getting out of this. You are not getting out of this. No. Tyson Fury, you should be getting in the ring. You should get beat. You will get beat. And now the legacy of U.S. Tyson Fury is heavily in question. It just is. We have to start questioning it now. It's, we, we, we have to start questioning it now. At least to some degree. We have to start questioning it. It's got to come into question Tyson Fury's legacy as a boxer. Because outside of Shoot. Klitschko? I don't really know what big... Again, Deontay Wilder, we understand. Big name. Yes, he is today. Big name boxer. Yes. But as a talent? Ooh. Again, weak era. And now we get, we, we see if Nganu trained boxing full-time, as the start of his career and got into the world of boxing early and got trained right like he's trained now, he would be the undisputed heavyweight champion. Right now. If his career path was different, he would be the undisputed heavyweight champion right now. He would have gotten all the belts. A trained Francis Ngannou for the entirety of his career in this era of boxing would have been the undisputed heavyweight champion. Easily. Most likely undefeated. With his toughest challenge being most likely Deontay Wilder in a three knockdown to five knockdown KO victory. That's probably what would have happened. But no, he would have been he would have been undisputed champion. He would be and I love I love Big Bang Zhang. I respect Joe Joyce. I respect everybody. He would have been undisputed champion. I even respect Usyk. But if Ngannou trained full time in boxing through the prime, through the start of his career to now, he would have been undisputed champion over everybody, and most likely undefeated after this performance in this era. Absolutely, absolutely. This brings Tyson's legacy really in question as to how great it actually is. Because now, after this performance, we have to go back and look at all the other performances and recontextualize them to how much or how impressive they really are. We have to now. Because this is abysmal. This is terrible. It's hard. It, this, is, this is despicable. And I don't want to hear no long layoff because normally boxers... Champion boxers only fight one or two times a year. This was supposed to be a tune-up fight for Usyk. 
So no, I don't want to hear any excuses. Because he said himself that he was ready, primed, poised, and able to do everything that he needed to do. And looked exactly the same. Fought exactly how he said he was going to fight. Excuse me. Fought exactly how he said he was going to fight. And performed exactly how he said he was going to perform. The only problem is it didn't work. And when it didn't work, he couldn't do anything. But everything else was green for go. In terms of everything looks in accordance to what it's supposed to be. That is, in fact, what we see from Tyson Fury. Now we have to go and say, you know what, Tyson Fury, you're not as great as we were all touting you to be. We can't. We can't do it. You don't. You just don't. If they rematched again, Ghana would win. Rematched again, Ghana would win. Because I don't know what else Tyson Fury could do. Tyson Fury loses weight and rematches him. If he doesn't ever rematch him. And I hope it's after the Undisputed fight. Because I want to see Undisputed. But Ngannou still deserves his rematch. But if Fury rematched him again. Loses weight. He's going to get knocked down even more. And really won't be able to take the power. Will be even more conservative in throwing his punches. And then will definitely lose the fight. If he gains more weight, he'll be forced to stay on the inside because he won't be able to move around the ring. Hence, be put in more trouble. And then hence, be a bigger target, a better target, a more planted target for Fury to go and tee off on. Just like he did in, the, in, in this first fight. And we see either the same result or Ngannou winning. I don't really know what Tyson Fury can do. Because now he is scared to throw punches. It would be different if he if he oh if he beat Francis with volume. And okay, Francis looked phenomenal, but Tyson Fury utilized his jab so much more and just threw so many more punches that it won him the day. Okay, fine. We're still saying, hey, that was a bad performance. But we're saying, okay, we understand why he won. It wouldn't be nearly as bad as this. But this, this is ridiculous. You say you fear no man, but you feared Francis Ngannou. We saw it in your face. We saw it in your mannerisms. We saw it in your whole, in your whole entire being. After the knockdown, late in the fight, post-fight, interviews after the fight, Whole, your whole family wasn't talking big like they normally were. They knew exactly what they were up against. They weren't expecting it to be this dire, this competitive. Oh, yeah. They weren't expecting that at all. Nobody was. I wasn't. I'm dead wrong on this. I'm dead wrong on picking in, in Ghana to lose and get KO'd. This is, it, 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 it is what it is. It's, it's what it is. All of this rambling, so sorry. All of this speaks to why Usyk will beat Tyson Fury come late this year or early next year when they do fight. I've been saying this for a while. There's no way in the world that Ngannou, or excuse me, that Fury is able to beat Usyk now after essentially boxing to a draw 
against somebody that's never boxed before. Oh, no. And Usyk's superior, legitimately great, elite boxing ability is going to beat Tyson Fury. Because now we know Tyson Fury doesn't do good with two things. Size and legitimate boxing technical prowess. If you're the same size as Fury, he will struggle. If you are as strong as Fury, he will struggle. If you are better, or if you are faster and better technically and agile, he will struggle. Like he did early in his career against Cunningham. So absolutely, he will lose that fight. And Ngannou, the sky's the limit. I can't wait to see what else you do. We're always investing, absolutely. But this is a whole new level. Ngannou's now seen as the biggest ticket in town. Ngannou, the amount of leverage that Ngannou has at his disposal is utterly insane. Absolutely ridiculous. You're talking about one of the biggest stars in the world right now. This man has a, he, he's, he's got the whole world in the palm of his hands at this moment. There is no, arguably, there is no bigger force in combat sports than Francis Ngannou at this point in time. It's, it, the amount of money he's going to make is absolutely insane. And he got the biggest petty of his career. Thank goodness. Finally. So happy. So happy that he got paid. And he got what's due to him. That he didn't get from the UFC. Absolutely. That's nothing compared to what's getting ready to come down the pipe for him now. His story's amazing. His fighting ability is amazing. And he legitimately right now can have claim to being the baddest man on the planet. Because at minimum, he should have had a draw with Tyson Fury. And at worst, he should have won. He should have won. If the elbow or the knockdown in the seventh round was called in favor of Francis Ngannou, Ngannou should have won that fight. Ngannou should have won that fight. Absolutely should have. And it's, 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 shoot. Fury may not ever recover from this. It's rare that I say that, but Fury might not ever recover from this. One of the most mentally strong people that we've seen in boxing, his story is incredible, absolutely. Not taking anything away from him, but even he might not be able to recover from what just happened to him in his ring. Knowing that somewhere out there, Ngannou's looking for a rematch, or knowing that I didn't really beat this man. And the very fact that I went this long with this man, I went the distance in a close fight with this man, is a loss for me. That's what this is for Tyson Fury. The ultimate thing for him. Even though I won, I lost. All of this hoopla is only because this fight was relatively close, let alone razor thin close like it actually was. I got knocked down by a man who's never boxed before. 
I got outmuscled by a man that, that again, by every other metric in boxing, I should be able to just dominate. I got put on the back foot when I couldn't put him on the back foot. He had control of the ring. My jab was ineffective by him. I couldn't hurt him, but he could hurt me. I'm the one that's backing up. I lost this fight. Internally, I lost this fight. If I'm Tyson Fury. That's exactly how he's thinking. Oh, this is going to mentally rack his brain. Understand that this is what transpired. Though you got the decision. On my scorecard, you didn't win. You got a draw. And if everything was scored appropriately when I rewatched the fight, you lost this fight. But on the whole, you lost the night. You lost the night. You, as the heavyweight lineal and WBC or WBL, heavyweight champion of the world, lost this fight. And you lost the night. This is ridiculous. This is despicable. It's hard. Made worse by all the noise that you always touted yourself as a boxer. That's why this all. That's why this is all so bad. Because this is against the biggest mouthpiece of the entire division, let alone of the entire sport. This isn't just, you know, this is not only one of the best in the division. This is one of the faces of boxing. This is one of the faces of boxing. There is the face, and that's Kenny Alvarez. But you are one of the big faces, one of the major big faces in the world of boxing right now that you got beat. And you're the one that talks the most. The, the most the most heard and the most uh, um, the most out there, the most flamboyant, the most projecting. Face in boxing. And you lost the night. Because you kept it. Not not you kept it close. Again, this is like Mayweather Floyd. This is like Floyd versus McGregor. Excuse me. You didn't keep it close. The fight was close. You didn't carry. Wait. And then turn it on. Like Floyd Mayweather. Literally going to his corner saying, I'm I'm, going to carry him. I'm going to turn it on in round four. And then get him out of there by about round seven. Between round seven and ten. And did just that. Because when he actually turned it on. The, the boxing acumen was just so much far and away. Simple, effective, and easy. This wasn't that. No. You didn't keep this fight close. This fight was close. Objectively. Despite what you did. This fight was close. You tried and you failed. You put effort, and it did not work. Unlike Mayweather, who put effort and then just easily made this look like a, a sparring match. You put effort, and you about lost this fight on the cards and should have, at minimum, got this fight to a draw, if not lost outright. Oh, yes. Oh, this it's, it's, it's sad if you're Tyson Fury. Everything's in question now. The whole sport of boxing's in question now. Every, everything's in question now. Now again, stuff like this can only happen at the heavyweight division. As you go down in weight, lighter and lighter and lighter, divisions get more technical. 
So this isn't something that we're going to see a norm for. Slow your roll. If you talk, if you're going to say Max Holloway can all of a sudden come in and 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 beat the best boxer at his division. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that at all. It ain't like that at all. It ain't like that at all. No. Something like this can only happen at the realm. Most likely can only happen at the realm of heavyweight. Because of they're not nearly on the whole as technically gifted. But that still doesn't that doesn't take away from what Engano did against somebody who's legitimately one of the better technical boxers at the division. Say so what you want about the whole division. Tyson Fury is the one guy. One one of the two or three guys at the top of the division that you can legitimately say, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He's legitimately technically good. Again, Usyk's great to elite. But Tyson Fury is good technically with great size. So this should have been still a no contest. Especially after what Francis Gano has shown in his MMA career as being not a great technical striker. But yet we see what happened. Again, just insane. It's insane that we're talking about this. It's insane that this is a conversation. It's insane that this is a show. But I'm glad it is. Because now this paints a spotlight on stuff that needs to be talked about. The weakness of the heavyweight division, the how great Tyson Fury's legacy actually is, quelling any arguments of all-time great status from Tyson Fury. And hopefully this is being a wake-up call. Putting some respect on the MMA world from the boxing community. Because y'all don't, again, one of the biggest reasons why we don't get high-level fights on a consistent basis and we don't get the truly best of the best at the top of the world of boxing because you all, promoters, and to degree some boxers, not all, but some, are afraid to take risks like this. Because if anything, Ngannou was put put everything on the line. Made it look, about to look like a fool. Slayed to look like a fool. And he came in and, and shook up everything. Tyson Fury took this fight on the basis of this is going to be an easy breeze. And now, never looking at you the same. Never. We can't. We can't. We can't look at you the same anymore. Whole divisions now got a complete overall of how it's going to be viewed. And we just have to sit here and, and legitimately contemplate where in the world did, where did this come from? Where the world did this come from? That's the only thing I can really say about this. Where the world did this come from? It shook up everything. Hopefully this breeds some legitimate fire under the heavyweight division. To now understand that you are nowhere near where you need to be as a whole. Both in terms of how you fight each other and your technical ability throughout the entirety of the of the division. 
Because somebody just came in with no boxing experience and just showed that he would beat every single heavyweight today. Today. Outside of Usyk. Today. He would beat every single, most likely he would beat just about every single heavyweight in the world today. Today. Right now. If he fought again two months from now. There's an argument he would beat AJ. There's an argument he would beat Wilder. Argument he would beat Joseph Parker. Beat Joe Joyce. He could beat Jack. I love Jack. There's an argument he could beat Jack. Herkovich. Argument he could beat Herkovich. Jared Anderson. Frank Martin. You name it. And Ghanu could beat them. He's got a shot at beating all of them. Heavyweight division needs to wake up and get their technical ways in order now. Because now you see just how far you've fallen. And how quickly somebody was able to catch up. Again, this is not disrespect to Francis Ngannou. No, it's not. He put up what he needed to do. And showed how good he legitimately is. And why he should have claimed the baddest to the baddest man on the planet. But. For the rest of the division, this is the call to arms that you all are not where you need to be. You're not. You're not where you need to be as a whole of the division. The gap of technical ability should not be this great between you and everybody else in the division and then this close with you versus anybody else in any other combat sport. In terms of transferring over to the world of boxing. It shouldn't be this close. But it is. But it is. And you all, as a whole, let it, let it get to this point. Only relying on size. What did Anthony Joshua say? Oh, I'm not Rocky Marciano. I'm not throwing eight, nine-punch combinations. I'm 16 stone. I'm 240. I'm 6'4", 6'3", da 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 That's exactly why you are where you are, Anthony Joshua. This whole division has now been only predicated on size and strength and no technical ability. Yet when somebody technical does come along and they're smaller, what happens? Oh, you say they're too small. But then guess what? They run a rough shot through the division. Case in point, Usyk. Case in point, Evander Holyfield. Though he fought when he got the heavyweight in a more competitive era. Case in point, Mike Tyson. When he first got on the scene in boxing. We can keep going down the list. Techni technical ability trumps strength and size. And then when it's competitive in terms of the technical ability is actually close, what does that mean now? Athleticism can win the day. And apparently we have to say that Tyson Fury and Nganu are close technically-wise based on this performance because Fury couldn't outbox him. He couldn't do it. He could not outbox him. He had moments, but that's it. This is 
This is shooking up every single aspect of the fight world. It's insane. It's wild. It's ridiculous. Nobody would have expected it. I wouldn't have expected it. But it happened. But it happened. And we should arguably be looking at a new lineal world heavyweight champion. We should arguably be saying Ngannou was the new lineal world heavyweight champion. He should be, we, could, we should be saying he's the man that beat the man that beat the man. And being a, he should be a two-time lineal champ. UFC and boxing. It's, um, man, you want to talk about a case that shook up the entirety of the sport. This is insane. It's, this, is, this is insane. This is ridiculous. And with that being said, this has been another episode of The Neutral Corner with me, your host, Jean-Luc Welch. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. My goodness, talk about some barn burner of a show. Keep it locked right here. We got so much more to cover in the world of sports as the week go on. Be sure to share the show with everybody that you know. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. If not, we'll get there. Also, like the video, comment your thoughts and opinions. Subscribe to the channel and share the show with everybody that you know. So we can build up this empire together. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Peace and love. We are out of here.